cancer growth on his head that began six years ago and that Washington's team doctors told him at the time that it was minor. Williams said he had three surgeries to remove the growth the last time this June, saying, quote, I went to go get the cyst extracted, and when they did it, they found out it wasn't a cyst. They told me it was DSFP. That's what the cancers call it. It's a very rare soft tissue cancer. The diagnosis they gave me in the beginning, they kind of underestimated it, unquote. The New England Patriots released receiver Josh Gordon off of injured reserve, meaning he is now going through waivers. Adam Schefter reports that the Tennessee Titans have cut kick returner and receiver Darius Jennings. I'm Isaac Lowenkron. We are The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome, everybody, and a happy Thursday to you. AJ Salas and Eric Franson here on the Full Court. Yeah, your mic's not on, dude. There's a reason why. So you didn't talk to me for like a straight hour. Like a straight hour and I'm five minutes. trying to bust out some work and people keep yeah. coming in to talk to me. <laughs> and finally- oh, you just give me the details, okay? Okay, okay. Give me the details. Uh, I got stuff. I got to finish this. I got. I'm turning my back on you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just I be quick, up, Eric. Hi. Then it hi. turns into you know talking about other things and like I I got stuff I got to do. So I wouldn't <laughs> say annoyed, but just <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so good. Uh, Eric Franson on that side of Monday Salveson. Eric, thanks for uh, taking over yesterday. My uh, my grandfather passed away, and uh, his funeral was yesterday, and. Um, I uh, went to attend that to uh, be a support to my mom and um, to uh, to him, God rest his soul. And so I appreciate you taking over for me and uh, and and, and uh, taking the show for me. And um, I you'll be doing it again tomorrow because tomorrow I head to Stansbury and get ready for state playoffs. Well, we may find a way to still have you involved tomorrow. I would love to be involved. Maybe we could. I want to cl- try to get you involved as much as we can, AJ. Can we? So get you don't me feel like clone? you're not. Oh, if I could figure out how to get you a clone, I would get me a clone. Oh, that'd be cool. And I, then we could. Just I take desperately the day off. need a clone. We could just take the day off. <laughs> Our clones are just. I mean, they wouldn't notice. No way. There's no cameras in here. We aren't on TV. Oh, uh, a lot to get to today in a very little amount of time. Don't give me that look. World Series Game 7. The baseball season has officially concluded in one of the most exciting ways a Game 7. And in just dramatic fashion as the Nationals take care of business, they are your 2019 world champions in baseball. What an awesome, awesome run that is by them. By the way, we want to tease this now because we want to hear your responses uh, tomorrow. But uh, we are going to be doing our five best tomorrow. We usually do. It's Friday. Five best. Your five best postseason runs by any team in any sport. Where do the Nationals stand? A team being a play-in game or at least 12 games under 500 on May 24th. A play-in game playing the best team in the league. And then a veteran baseball team. And then the, I guess, most dominant, dominant team in baseball for the last two to three years. Where does that run stand compared to others? 
you've mentioned a few. We talked about it, you know, uh, uh, during lunch today. I, you know, we I, I mentioned a couple as well. But uh, what I mean, only one thing comes to mind when I see a run like that by the uh, by the Nationals. Winning anyone? Yes, winning. That is all that matters. So yeah, you give me your uh, your one of your give me your ideas of what the best run in postseason. Now, Eric, I mean, the question is: Do they have to win the championship or just get to the championship? That's a good. That's a fair question, but I think ultimately, if you're going to compare what the Nationals just did, it would have to be winning. Okay. Okay, so the postseason best five runs have to include winning the championship. So Butler, because we've seen some great run. runs, yes, but ultimately there be some of these other words that we've talked about, like Butler, the favored team still won out. The blue chip program still came out victorious. But what we'd like to see is when was a situation that the the cards were stacked against a team and they still got through all of that to win it all. Fair enough. Fair enough. So again, five best. It could be college. It could be high school. It could be NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, whatever. I like it. I like it. Well, Eric, should we get to the hits? Literal hits. Yes. Okay. Here's your headliner. 1-0, and a ball bounces to left field, and this one will find the Crawford boxes for a home run. Anthony Rendon with a solo shot, and all of a sudden, it's a one-run game. Altuve shading just a little bit up the middle. Kendrick can really shoot the ball to right field. The 0-1, and he tries to, and he hits it down the right field line. It's a long run into the corner, and it's gone! It hit the foul pole! Howie Kendrick with a two-run homer. And Washington has taken the lead. The 3-2 on the way. Swing and a miss. Hudson gets him. Throws his glove towards his teammates as they race out of the dugout. And the celebration begins for the Washington Nationals as they come together in a cluster on the infield. This improbable story from mid-May on as the Nationals overcame a dreadful start to the season, got hot, and just continued right on through the postseason. And for the first time ever, the Washington Nationals are World Series champions. Newsflash, I am special, and I will never be one of you. <laughs> You're going to wear out that button, I think. Never, never. 6-2 is your final. Washington Nationals are your surprising, yeah, I'm going to say surprising, World champions uh, beating the Houston Astros in seven games, four games to three, on the strength of a lot of guys who are a part of this, from Juan Soto to Anthony Rendon, Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer, and a bullpen who was fried, and I mean crispy fried in July because of how poor the performance was, came alive at the right time in the postseason, and were a gym since. One of the things that, uh, I know this is a Thursday, but a stat that blew my mind. Always all for that. Is that in the innings one through six, I believe it was, the Astros had scored a collective like 12 runs in the game, or not the Astros, the Nationals, uh, in the games that they had won. And in innings seven through nine, they had scored like 21. 
Now, I think they flashed that graphic before the game was over. I think they added a few more runs after that. But it illustrates two things. The bullpen for the Astros, not as strong. Their their aces were great, but their bullpen wasn't really that strong. But it also illustrates that the Nationals just kept slugging away and kept applying pressure, and eventually it started to work in their favor. Uh, and uh, oh, sorry, do you need to get that, Aj? Ooh, <laughs> it's kind of. Uh, we'll we'll put him on hold. He's okay, I think. Uh, that's a good call to take. Um, anyway, uh, it, but how the um, how the the Nationals were able to continue to apply pressure and to continue to get on run and on base and get guys in uh, the the Astros. Yes, they made some mistakes, but you know, a lot of people are going to be looking at the, the the coaching decision about when to pull. The starter, the pitching, would make some pitching changes that Garrett Cole never got into the game. But besides that, and I think there is some merit to that criticism, but I think besides that, they left so many guys on base. It was absolutely crazy how many guys they left stranded. Not just last night, but throughout this entire series. Houston has left so many guys on base. Uh, there's so many extra runs could have been scored for the Astros. They just weren't able to bring him home. I couldn't agree more. It's about leaving guys on base, not cashing when you should. For how good of a power-hitting team that the Astros were, man, they swing at everything. They are so undisciplined at the plate. And I think Steven Strasburg knew that, and he saw that. And then as soon as you saw that breaking ball tail in the dirt and swings just going away left and right, then you're thinking, I can throw anything. Okay, right on a two-one pitch, I can throw a a changeup in the dirt, bouncing five feet before the play, and they're gonna try to swing at it. That's what's incredible. And so for them to not be able to cash in and be disciplined baseball hitters is such a shame. It's such an absolute shame uh, on on a team that really is a good hitting team. And and by the way, give me and we'll play some audio here in just a moment, but. Uh, I have to ask, there's a lot of blame going on A.J. Hinge. I don't think there should be that much in regards of him not pitching Garrett Cole. Your bullpen has been pretty reliable throughout the playoffs. How about someone gets after the after the one through nine batters who couldn't hit the ball? After scoring 19 runs in three games in Washington, you scored two. Two in game seven at home in the World Series, Eric. Unacceptable. Right, well... Yeah, how, how do they even let it get to a game seven? I mean, yeah, there you go. I mean, how did let's let's not just focus on what happened last night. I mean, this this shouldn't even got to this point. Period. So uh, that being said, I mean, the, Houston had its mistakes, but I, that shouldn't take away from really what was amazing. What happened with the Nationals? The first time ever that a road team won every game. In a seven-game series, first time ever that a, a team has won a championship um, with winning four games on the road in, in any sport. Major League Baseball, NBA, what NHL, it had never been done before. It's another stat that blew my mind. There was a lot of stuff that blew my mind last night, and it wasn't just for that baseball game. There was another stat from another sport that blew my ah, mind. I might know what you're talking about. But, uh, but still, what... 
that that series shouldn't have gotten to that. For if you're an Astros fan, no, definitely, and you shouldn't just put everything on that one decision that came in the seventh inning. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm at, that is probably the best way to put it. Now on the other side, AJ Hinge, he uh, had some thoughts here on Max Scherzer. In fact, he gives him a lot of credit uh, for pitching the five strong innings that he did. We put a lot of a lot of heat on him. I mean, he was we made him work. He had you know almost twenty pitches an inning. We um, we had guys on base. We hit the ball hard. Um, he uh, we didn't chase that much. I mean, there was there was a lot of good that that we same, almost similar to how we were in game one against him, where we just made him earn every out that he got. So um, I've always been impressed by Max Scherzer from from the day that um, I first met him back when we were both in Arizona and. Congratulations to him on being a World Series champion. On the other side, here's Max Scherzer on his Game 7 performance where he was pretty darn good. Felt good. Uh, all the treatment over the past couple of days. Um, man, the, the, the doctors, it, it worked. It worked. So I was out here able to pitch the way I can pitch, but that's a great team and they grabbed me apart. The he, other day, he couldn't even turn his neck. He couldn't even, he couldn't even dress. He couldn't raise his arm. Yeah. It was that bad. In five innings, he gives up seven hits, two runs, both earned four walks, three Ks. He gave up that solo home run as well, which was a uh, it was a solo home run, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he threw 103 pitches in five innings, though. Oh my gosh, uh, Corbin! I mean, that's what the Astros will do. I mean, they'll they'll force pitchers to spend a lot of pitches. Uh, that's what they've been successful at that all year. But uh, you have to give credit to that Nationals bullpen. And even for their aces, for being able to hang in there as long as they were. So, wow, what a, what a series. What yeah. a, never saw it coming. Yeah. I thought Astros in six. I was going to give uh, Houston or the uh, Nationals some credit because of Strasburg and Scherzer, that they would make it a, a series because of those two guys. But I thought ultimately the, the bats and the pitching for Houston would be too much for them to overcome. Patrick Corbin gets the win. He goes to one and one in the postseason. Three innings, two hits, no runs, no walks. That's big. Three strikeouts. Uh, and Hudson uh, finishes off the game in an inning uh, with uh, a clean inning as well, with uh, no hits, runs, um, no walks, and the two strikeouts, including the one to end the game. On the other side, Zach Greinke was actually pretty good. Uh, six and a third with two hits, two runs, both earned two walks, three Ks. Harris takes the loss, and he was just a disaster too. Well, see, the thing with with Granke is that they've been keeping a very close eye on him in the postseason, and he rarely pitched more than five innings. Usually that was because he, he was starting to get lit up, and they had to pull him. Yep. But he was doing great. Should he have not even started the sixth? Bring in Garrett Cole at the beginning of the sixth. Maybe. I mean, you can always do hindsight 2020. They didn't want to bring Garrett Cole in the middle of the inning. They wanted him to start on a fresh inning. Uh, it, but uh, Granky was looking pretty solid. He was looking pretty good. He was. He had good control. And he was, it, it was only he had one hit. The Nationals only had one hit until they got that home run. And then eventually they pulled him. And I don't That's know. That's when things kind of crazy. Went south. Yeah. Then, then the whole. Damn, burst loose and everything got crazy. <laughs> uh, by the way, your MVP, surprise, surprise, Mr. Undefeated in the postseason. The same guy who's held from the postseason. So he didn't, so they wanted to save him because he had that Tommy John surgery. They didn't want to throw him or put him in risk. So now he throws in the postseason and he goes 5 and 0. Oh. 5 and 0. Oh. Steven Strasburg. Um, his thoughts on this team just never giving up. 
Just amazing. This is amazing. You know, everybody counted us out. You know, we didn't quit. And that's just not what we do. We kept fighting to the very end. You know, and it's, we're world champions. <laughs> world champions. It's unbelievable. Here's what's crazy. Is he's a very quiet and stoic guy. In fact, he's one of the guys who will walk into the dugout and sit there and not want to be bothered by the pitching coach, players, or anybody. He just wants to, in his zone, and a lot of pitchers will do this, but this way, I mean, it works for this guy. And he was, again, just so, Eric, so clutch. That Game 6 performance is one of the best Game 6, maybe with along with Kurt Schilling in the bloody sock against the Yankees in the ALCS, maybe in postseason history, what he did to that lineup and the changes he made after tipping his pitches in the first inning made the change, and then, I mean, Astros were guessing the rest of the way. Deserved for Steven Strasburg being the MVP, or do you have somebody else in mind? Um, no, I think that's inappropriate. I mean, he was so dominant in both of his performances, and he he was going to make himself available if they needed him last night. But uh, I, I think that was definitely deserved. He was strong, uh, deep into the uh, into the innings. Yeah, uh, and so he was able to stay on the mound for a long time, which. Helped in Save those bullpen, bullpen. games oh my later gosh. on, so I think that was really, really crucial and I deserved for him to get that. Now, here's the other cool thing. Okay, here's another thing that blew my mind. There's, my mind was just blown, if you can't tell, last night. So many different ways. <laughs> Strasburg named as the MVP, right for this uh, championship series. Another uh, championship MVP was named this summer. In the NBA, Mr. Kawhi Leonard. This is the first time that the championship MVPs came from the same school. And what school did they come from? A Mountain West school. Heck yeah, San Diego State. Actually, that surprised me. That's what blows my mind is that this hasn't happened before. There were all the great athletes that have come out of some really big blue chip programs that have great success in multiple sports. This is the first time in that we've only seen this, that an MVP, granted it's in the same year, not that it's ever hap- never happened at a school before, but it's a- that it's happened in the same year, that you have the NBA MVP and the World Series MVP having come from the same school. Back in May, I just I keep going back to this, back in May when things were so bad that they were going to fire Martinez and trade Max Serger. Think about that, Eric. They're going to fire Martinez and trade Max Scherzer. That's how bad things were in D.C. So they waited and waited, and they thought, okay, let's just play it out and see what happens, you know, and then we can make decisions after the season. Well, now what do you want to do? <laughs> Should we fire Martinez? Uh, the yeah. same, by the way, this, people are going to, and I've heard people criticize Martinez for getting ejected in that game six. I love it. I love him sticking up for his team on a call that was incorrect. I, I, I love the passion that he showed. And I think his team went out there and said, hey, I'll, t- I'll run through a brick wall for him. You tell us what you need us to do, we'll go do it. When us go win game six on the road, we'll do it. I mean, Strasburg, I mean, he was already locked in. It almost just went, he went into like this unbeatable mode, though, after that happened. Because uh, remember, as he's yelling at the umpire in between innings, Strasburg just casually jogs by him like, oh, hey, there's coach. Get out, get thrown out. Hmm. <laughs> I got to throw three more innings here. And he just calmly does it. Like, this team locked in for manager Martinez. I just thought Davey Martinez was so good in, in how he managed the lineup, especially how he managed the bullpen. Aaron Boone, are you listening? 
uh, how he managed uh, just, I mean, base running situations and making sure that they were in the proper, I mean, that everybody knew what they were doing and everybody was on the same page. Now, for Howie Kendrick, who had that big home run off the right field foul pole, that thing dinged loud, too, when he hit it. Uh, his feelings on being World Series champs. Honestly, all these years, all this hard work, this year, the struggles early, I mean, this is what it's about right here. This is what it's about. I mean, I mean, words can't even describe this feeling. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. This group of guys that we got here, we fought all year. I mean, this, this makes it sweet. This is so sweet right now. Oh, it's sweet. You can just tell, like, the excitement from them. That's what's cool. That's, like, the most, my most favorite part is because they're grown men and they're crying. Or they're acting like, you know, just 12-year-olds. Like, yeah, they look like teenage kids uh, who uh, their, their club <laughs> baseball team just did well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, that's what you love about – even if – I didn't have a dog in this. I didn't, me neither. I didn't really care. Yeah, me neither. Um, if if I was a diehard Astros fan, I probably would not be reacting the same way. But that's what makes sports fun is when you see that pure joy and exhilaration from these people that have that nobody expected them to be here. Nobody expected them to be in this situation. And then to, to defy all of that and then still come away victors, that's awesome. That's what makes sports fun. That's why you play the game. You don't just crown them based on what your RPI or your power strength of schedule looks like or all that other mumbo jumbo that the college football used to do for forever. Still <laughs> to some degree still does, but, but uh, that's why you play the game because you never know what will happen. You never know how it might change as it plays out. So in closing this and the 2019 MLB season, one of the more crazier ones we've seen in a while, especially the postseason in itself, where do the Nationals postseason run? And I guess you can tease this if you want for tomorrow, but where would it stand in your mind? I think it's got to be up there pretty high. Um, just uh, There are a few other things that I can think of that uh, stand in pretty strong comparison. Ooh. But the fact that uh, what they, the change that had to happen in the middle of the season even to get them to where they are today, uh, it, it's not just what happened over a, a week or 10-day period of time or even a two-week postseason or whatever, how many weeks it was. But it's something that's been happening for the last three months. Mm -hmm. So uh, it it definitely ranks up there. Manager Martinez, do you agree? How is that road to the World Series? This year, um, I can honestly say nothing would have surprised me. <laughs> I mean, uh, from where we started, some of our, tra our traveling woos, I mean, you name it, uh, we've been through a lot. Um, but like I said before, these guys, we stuck together. You know, they believed in each other. I believed in them, and um, you know, I told them you know, before the game. I said, "Hey, I want you guys to just treat this as just another game. It's game 184, which is hard to do." I said, "But we, we made it this far. Just play one more game. You know, one more one to know." And they did that tonight. They sure did. Uh, again, 6-2 is your final Game 7 of the World Series. It's come and gone. I mean, 2019 MLB season is complete for the year. We'll see them in six months, five months, I guess. Pitchers and catchers in uh, February. Is that weird? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like yesterday we just said that. Pitchers and catchers report in February. I know. <laughs> uh, here, so we've been monitoring the ratings of this series. Oh, Yeah. Were they because any there's better? Been, there's been some talk about how ratings are down and yeah. it's not been as high in the past. Well, 
Sports Media Watch, they put this together. They keep an eye on these things. The highest rated and most watched Major League Baseball games of the past 15 years, that game seven last night, and the highest rated ranks number eight in the most watched as far as cumulative audience was number seven. About 23 million viewers last night, and which is up for where things have been for this series um, which hasn't necessarily been great, but in context, so 23 million viewers last night, right, for this Game 7? Sure. Go back to Braves and Twins. It was on CBS back in 1991. Is this a Kirby Puckett game? 50.3 million. At a rating of a 32.2. So that was pretty high watermark. And then after that, it was a pretty steady decline. It spiked up in 2016, when this great team was in the in the World Series and had a dramatic opportunity to win, that's right. The Chicago Cubs, that's right. My deepest <laughs> with apologies. With a twenty one point eight rating, up from a thirteen point seven rating in two thousand fourteen, so we saw a big jump. But then it's been on a decline since then. That's so unfortunate because that was such a fun series. It was a good series and. Uh, it, it, interesting how it played out with the the road teams. If it only if, it, if there's anything about it, it's that for some of these games, the ex, the exciting stuff. If you at least think offense is exciting and scoring runs is exciting, that didn't happen until late in the game. So for some people who tuned in and tried to hang with it for a while, it was a it was dominant pitching and not a lot of runs scored. And for some people in today's society, that just well, this game's kind of boring. I, I need to That's see so something. Unfortunate. Show me something. And it just it wasn't there until later in the game. So if you didn't hang with it, then you missed it. Here's Davey Martinez on his pitcher who didn't get the win, but definitely battled it out. Max is a bulldog. You know, we saw him earlier. Uh, his location wasn't as crisp as it wanted to be. He fought through some unbelievable innings, and he kept us in a ball game. That's all we can ask for. For Max, I mean, he had 102 pitches. He came in and wanted to stay. He said, "Hey, I'll give you another inning if you need me." And I said, "Max, you did a great job. You kept us in a ball game. We'll we'll, we'll, get, we'll get this. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we're going to win this game." So, um, but what a fantastic job he did! Yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> oh man, a guy who could not um, couldn't get dressed to get ready for Game Five throws Game Seven, and again doesn't get the win. But it's a huge part of it. Just phenomenal stuff on the end. Congratulations to the Washington Nationals and all the fans who have been fans since October 30th of 2019. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. RJ Salvis and Eric Franson. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Should be playing like spooky music. 
You know, on that note, we do have spooky music going next door, across the hall. Do we really? Yeah. Ghoul 103.9. Not Cool 103.9. I didn't make this up. It's Ghoul 103.9. Halloween music going what was on right that? now until That's 9 o'clock you reaching. Tonight. Okay, what we just talked about, okay, what we just talked about, you're doing that. No, I'm, I didn't make this up. I'm not coming out of nowhere. You, we no. got somebody who's put in a lot of time and effort <laughs> to put together all like the great Halloween songs. I just feel like that conversation you and I just had off air relates to what you were just saying. What has nothing? To, I don't. I don't see the connection at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, Halloween F- tradition. One hundred six on F- The other one, for someone just being really, 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 really lazy journalist. The full court press. Salt Lake, get a life. Uh, uh, read my tweets and you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> you can follow him at E. Franzen. <laughs> you can follow me at A-J-A-Y-S-A-L-V-Y. Uh, I about said Warriors. Astros losing seven to the Washington Nationals, the wild card Washington Nationals, who made their run. And after dropping, after winning the first two in the World Series, losing the next three, and then won the final two. Eric. Not one home team won a game in the World Series. What the fetch? Incredible. Incredible. How does that happen? I think we kind of saw that, too, with the NBA. That home oh, courts yeah. didn't really matter didn't that matter. much. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Are, are we entering an era where home field or home court isn't as big of a thing? I don't know. Granted, those are it's a small sample size. There's not a whole lot, you know, that backs that up. But playing at your home place does make a difference. Um, you've got your own crowd behind you. You're a little extra juiced. You spent the night in your own bed. You don't. You're not subject to strange travel or being on buses. But the fact that the road team had so much success this year in postseason, Major League Baseball, in the NBA. I don't know. It's is it just because we're getting better at uh, analytics? Are we getting better at understanding load management? Are we getting better, or is there more parity? I don't know. I think there's a couple different things at play, perhaps. But the the fact is that it was an incredible feat by the Washington Nationals. And um, I, when we were watching it last night. Some of my kids, they've they've had the opportunity to visit Washington, D.C., and they went to a Nationals game, so they were pulling for the Nationals. I picked the Astros before the World Series began. In fact, before the postseason began as the team I thought would win. And so I'm pulling for the Astros because I, I got to be right, you know? Um, but it was fun to see how it all played out. Congrats to the Nats. Hey, this is from AJ Knight. Think about this. AJ and I said, just texted me and said, Scherzer and Sanchez won the World Series. In 2014, they were in the same rotation with, get this, David Price, Justin Verlander, and Rick Porcello. All have won rings now, none of them with the Tigers. That's a good little bit right there. Mm. Speaking of pitchers who have not won a World Series ring, Garrett Cole, after uh, was, uh, was notified by a team official that uh, he was wanted by the media to meet. 
Um, he then replied to that team official in front of the media saying, I'm not employed by the team. And then as he met up with the, uh, with the group, he, uh, with the media group, he said, well, I guess I'm here representing myself. Uh, can you say awkward? Here's his thoughts. Uh, well, first of all, uh, in his, uh, with the season with the Houston Astros. Yeah, a lot of good friendships. Um, you know, uh, obviously um, learned a lot about pitching from my teammates, from the pitching uh, coaches and pitching staff. Um, you know, learned a lot more about the game from AJ. Um, and it was just a pleasure to play in the city of Houston. Uh, he, he tweeted something out today, which is basically a goodbye note. Oh, he did? Yes. Oh, I missed this. What did he say? Do you have it? He says, last night was a tough one for us, and the heartbreak hasn't gotten any easier today. Before I became an Astro, I didn't know much about Houston, but after just two years, you've made it feel like home. So here's what I know now. You have been overwhelmingly friendly, welcoming, and kind to my family and me. The Astros organization has been such a pleasure to play for. The Cranes are indeed special people and great owners. I've met lifelong friends on the team and in the community and learned a little about pitching along the way. This is a relationship between the team and its fans like no other that I know. Thank you for making us better people and better players. This was a great season. We have a lot to be proud of. Okay, so let me ask you this. How much of this stems from him just wanting to move on versus him being unhappy about not being summoned out of the bullpen to come throw, and instead it was Harris who gave up a dinger to Howie Kendrick. He Garrett Cole should not base his free agency decisions on what happened in the seventh inning of Game 7. I mean, that would be foolish for anybody to take a small snapshot of what they should do over the next three to five years based on what happened in the middle of an inning. Um, but if that is illustrative of what the relationship has been, then yeah, maybe you, you use that as, as kind of your look and see, this is the moment, but illustrates it, but it, it hasn't been. I mean, he was, if he comes in, in relief and they get that win, isn't he the MVP? Doesn't Garrett Cole get the MVP? If he comes in, in relief to secure the victory, in doing that and what he did as a starter, isn't he your MVP? Would he then stick around or would he still say, you know what, it's been a great run, but my stock is super high. I'm going to get a Which big it payout. Is. Yes, he if is. If you want to pay it, oh, yeah. I'll come back. No hard feelings, but I'm getting taken care of. I want to take care of my family and my children and my children's children and their children. <laughs> so I, I think that uh, it, it may be rash to, uh, you know, obviously to make a, a, a career decision like that based on what happened in the middle of an inning. But I, I think that th- that decision to go that direction was already going to be made. It would make his case even stronger and probably his payout potentially greater if he comes in in relief and secures the win and becomes the the finals or the World Series MVP. But he's still going to get paid. Here's the thing. Is Hopefully if, in blue and red. 
Royal blue and red. Chicago blue. Cubs. No. He wouldn't want to go to Chicago. There's better places to go with more competitive teams. Well, Chicago needs pitching. Yeah, Chicago needs a lot of things. Um, here's the thing. Is, is I understand if he is upset, I understand why. You have a chance to come in and shut down this team. You feel like you know this lineup pretty well. On the other side, A.J. Hinch knows that they've seen him for, what, 10-something innings? They know what this pitcher looks like. So, people are blaming A.J. Hinch for going to Harris instead of going to Cole. I thought Harris would be a reliable fit. I mean, look, they, the, the Howie Kendrick home run was just a flat-out smart at bat. Was him, because if you watch his at bat, he actually steps closer to the plate to adjust himself, and that's how, I mean, and then he's able to reach out. I mean, it's almost like he golfed it to the outside and, and he hits the foul pole. I mean, it's just a, it's just a good hit. I don't know why AJ's getting burnt like that. It's hard. I mean, you were the favorite team. You had the home But you know what? Here's field. the thing. You had the record. Look, you had the Harris, talent. If Harris wins, right? If Harris goes in there with those three shutout innings and they win, no one's saying a word about Cole. No one's saying a word. Well, Harris wasn't going to go that long, but but still. Okay, if he goes two innings. Oh. Yeah, what that's what's so one of the interesting storylines about this whole series is how much the game changed in the late innings for the Nationals. So that's that's on bullpen generally. That's on how you're handling your your pitchers generally. So it's not just what happened in that one game in that one part of the seventh inning. That was the storyline of the World Series for the Astros. And how they didn't handle late inning pitching. And that's when the Nationals were able to bust it up. Just think it's really bitter. And for him to go out and say, oh, uh, I'm not a team employee. Yeah, is that's weak. That is weak. That's, that's dumb. tacky. Yeah, I agree. And then say, well, I guess I'm representing myself. Well, congratulations for representing but, yourself. But man. Garrett, all yeah. will be forgiven if you go to Chicago. Garrett, if you want to win a World Series, just stay in Houston. You'll get there one day. <laughs> Chicago is Steve Bartman's been going back to games, I hear, and you just don't want to even mess with that. <laughs> that uh, yeah, that's okay. Like, really quickly, I, I know this is way off tangent. Well, it is, but it isn't because it's still baseball related. Have you seen that thirty for thirty on Steve Bartman? Uh, no. Catching hell. Oh, well, get, and, as a diehard Cubs fan, do you want to see I it, or do you even want to touch it? I really haven't seen hardly any thirty for thirties. Just the. Uh, Full disclosure. I know it's ridiculous because they've done. I've heard they've done a lot of great, great content. But uh, is there a reason why? Like you? No, I just don't sit around and consume that like I probably should. Yeah, you really should actually. I know the great stories from what I hear. They're very well done, but I just I haven't. And you're a fun sucker. I know (laughs) you suck the fun right out of rainbows. Uh, that's great. You are a fun sucker. Man, I, I, can't even, I can't even imagine what you are like with your kids for Halloween night. Daddy, I go to Choco Bar. Give it to me. You're grounded. You send them to the room. You keep their candy and you eat it. Right. Why you? do I need to go out when I can send four kids out 
That's what my dad did when I was young. I mean, he would send me on the freaking cold weather gosh. and I go trick or treating. You stay in the warm. Come home and he would just be like, oh, this looks good. This looks good. Right, oh, I'll take bring this. Bring it all in. Let's see what you got. I'm like, hey, yo. If you're lucky, you might get something back. Jerk face. <laughs> hands off. Y'all. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, there is a gentleman who is a faithful listener of our show that I saw the other day. And he came to me and he said, you told me that this would be a high-scoring series. Or, I mean, a low-scoring series. Two-to-one and one-nothing games. You and Eric both said that. He pointed his finger at me. Eric, we did say that. Yeah. We didn't know the bullpens and pitching would suck this bad. When you take out the bullpens, look at the starters and the aces, and it was. They were low-scoring games. With the exception of maybe one, maybe two. But when you got into the bullpen in the late innings, it was a totally different ball game. Totally different. Well, this guy was also my Little League baseball coach, so he doesn't know a whole lot because he usually didn't let me swing. He usually had me bunt or stand close to the place so I could get beaned. Oh. Yeah, he was a jerk. He knows more than maybe you're letting on. That's nice of you. Hey, the Utah Jazz played last night as well. Utah State men's basketball played last night. We got a lot of things. We got the Carl, region 11. WWE took place last night in Philadelphia in uh, uh, between uh, a couple of big fellas who wanted to take a brawl and put it on a basketball court. <laughs> oh, It was yes. called the hard work. Uh, you thought I was going to talk WWE, <laughs> did you? really were talking WWE. I'm like, <laughs> what? We're not going there. They, it, was, it was called the hardwood match is what they uh, deemed it as. And the announcement of their punishment has just been released. And it Jazz is, fans should pay close attention to this because the Jazz will play the Sixers soon. Yeah, which means there could be another brawl. Uh, hey, coming up next hour, too, we want to make sure we, make, we continue to hit on this. Coming up next hour, we are going to be announcing the grand prize winner I gotta find a drum roll for of our 65-inch 4K TV from Lens Audio and Video. So for the last 11, 12 weeks... We've been doing this Preps Pick'em Challenge presented by the Logo Shop, uh, your booster club headquarters for high school club and competitive teams. And they've been a great sponsor and a great partner through all of this. We've been giving away amazing prizes. Yes. And coming up next hour, we announce the grand prize. So all of our finalists, if you won in a given week, you are a finalist to get our the grand prize, and uh, we will draw that with a special guest next hour, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for a recap of what happened on WWE. Oh, brother. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a cross-conference showdown from Kansas City as the Chiefs host the Minnesota Vikings. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Bulger and me for all the action as Dalvin Cook and the Red Hot Vikings look to make it five wins in a row. But can they overcome the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium? It's the Vikings and the Chiefs. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday morning at 1030 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
Eric France and Andre Salveson. We're wrapping up the first hour for you. Don't forget, you can find our podcast or our show on 106andthefan.com. You can find our podcast on all podcast platforms, Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. By the way, yesterday's podcast, you can thank me for this, uh, has been posted. Yesterday's show has, where you can find Jake Hatch uh, from Locked On Cougars Podcast, uh, where uh, he talks about the BYU Cougars and are in the know Wednesday. Getting you ready for Saturday night, 8 o'clock at Maverick Stadium. Don't forget our pregame is on 610 AM KBNU. Eric Franson, Al Lewis, Craig Hislip, postgame with Ryan Bohm uh, and co. And you can actually share your thoughts. And what we hope, Eric, what we desperately, desperately hope is a BYU loss and an Aggie win to help protect our dairy farm. Protect this farm. That's, that's, isn't it crazy how that's kind of became our trait now? Like our, our, our mark, our motto. Protect our dairy farm. I guess BYU could steal that, though, now. I didn't think about that. Hey, really quickly, you know, you're talking about Garrett Coleman. We're getting into some NBA next hour. Uh, Kevin Durant jumped on first take and, uh, and shared his thoughts uh, about the whole Golden State, you know, era, especially that final year when things got really ugly. And... He, I mean, the most of it when he would talk about it seemed like a, mo- a lot of his bitterness came from the whole thing, the whole spat with Draymond Green, you know, and Draymond saying, "You know what? We could win without you. We don't need you, whatever." And Kevin's like, huh, "Okay, find out in the 2019-20 season." And uh, he says here that he wishes things would have been done differently, but not on his own part. When I say nonsense, I mean other people trying to jump in on a story and create something off of it when they don't really know all the facts. Got it. And I think that was annoying for everybody on the team. Um, but Draymond knew that he was out of line. And as men, we talked about it. And everybody around tried to get us to, um, you know, mend it fast because of the season and we wanted to win. But, like, he had this process on how he wanted to handle things, and I respected that, and I had my process. And we just eventually we came together. I think everybody kind of knows that, like, when you put two like, gas in a match together, it's not going to end well. And you could say that Kevin Durant's the match for the team, and Draymond Green was definitely the gasoline. Like, if something was starting, Draymond Green was going to just put it into a bonfire. <laughs> and, and, and I think yeah. that was the case here. And that's what, look, as good as that team was, they were unstoppable with Durant. Without Durant, they don't have two NBA championships. They maybe have one, but they don't have two. Right, they were a good team, but they weren't an unstoppable team. Exactly. Which is, I mean, I can understand on Durant's part being upset about it. But, man, you're playing with one of the best teams ever and probably guaranteed another spot in the NBA Finals. It doesn't matter who else was going to be coming to the Western Conference. You are probably going to be guaranteed another spot in the NBA Finals. Assuming you were healthy and Clay Thompson was healthy, let's go with that route. Uh, now the Warriors last night get shellacked by the Suns. I mean, butchered. And not to mention your other best player, Steph Curry, now has a broken hand. He's out for what? Have they announced yet? By the way, uh, I'm just pulling that up right now, and the looks like it's a fracture in the bone in the hand below the index finger. That's where the break is. Um, so, uh, I think from what I had seen, it could be about a month before he could come back. Speaking so of Clay Thompson's already out. 
Now Steph Curry's out, so it, it's Draymond Green and a bunch of scrubs. Speaking of coming back, last night was a delicious fight, a brawl, a kerfuffle, a brouhaha between <laughs> Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns that really shouldn't have even started. It was just two guys that were in a bad mood because they ate a bad dinner. Yeah, but their rivalry goes back a ways. They talk trash against each other, which is funny because about a week ago, Joel Embiid says, I'm a changed man. I'm not going to talk smack. But then after that, he was doing nothing but talking trash after the game. Here's the uh, here's the uh, punishment. Carl uh, Anthony Towns is going to get two games. Embiid's going to get two games. There are no fines for Ben Simmons who put Carl Anthony Towns in a sweet yeah, headlock. <laughs> Full on headlock, dude. Not, I mean, it was He's such a good headlock. It was such a good headlock that Kate, that cat tapped out. <laughs> it was a submission match. We had a triple threat match. <laughs> going says, no, on no, there. no. I'm, I'm a peacemaker. Oh, oh sure I know. That's the were. best part. Sure, I'm were. a peacemaker. So man. the Jazz play the, the Sixers, but that will be the first game back for Embiid. Can't wait after his suspension. We'll talk Jazz basketball next hour. Coming back. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. You can say whatever you want about Major League Baseball, just don't call it predictable. No way people saw the Nationals coming. They lost their franchise player, Bryce Harper, in the offseason. They started out 19-31. and They had to beat the Dodgers, a team that won 106 games. Then they had to face an Astros team that won 107 games. They trailed three games to two, held off Justin Verlander in Game 6 to force a Game 7. Then they had to turn to a banged-up Max Scherzer in Game 7. But once again, they found a way to win. Coming back to beat the Astros last night, 6-2. The Nationals won all four road games in this series. It was a dramatic and completely unexpected result. And that's why baseball is so great. Maybe it's not as popular as it once was, but for all the sports fans who still love it, the 2019 World Series and the Washington Nationals certainly delivered in a very big way. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.